Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone and welcome back to another edition of the Elm Park Royals preview podcast brought to you by our favourite brewery in Berkshire, it's of course Phantom Brewery. We are looking ahead today towards tomorrow's match against Watford. Watford at the moment I think sits seventh in the table at the moment. Um, and to discuss it, we have actually got uh, the Watford podcast, the voices of the Vic. We've got Mike on from them. How are you doing, Mike? I'm very well. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, chatting about this. Brilliant stuff. Um, obviously, looking looking ahead to towards tomorrow's game, we're going to dip back in time a little bit with, with Watford because um, there's never a dull minute with Watford FC, seemingly, um, for about the last 10 years. Um, the start of the season, it was almost new new season, new start, new manager. Rob Edwards was in charge. Good young English manager. Mike, just give us a bit of an overview of what's happened this season with Watford. Uh, well, we thought we were getting a change in direction and we thought things were you know, going to start changing a bit with the hierarchy and how it's run with the team and all that. Uh, as you say, promising young British manager. We were told, right, you know, we're going to stop this hire and fire approach. We're going to give a young British manager a squad to work with that can compete at this level and have a bit of a rebuild, really. You know, last season was was disastrous for us. We broke all sorts of bad records that you don't want to be breaking in the Premier League. Um, you know, most consecutive home defeats. I think we beat Derby's record. I say we beat it, we, we broke it. But um, so, yeah, you know, we, we really wanted to sort of change direction and we thought, Brill, you know, we've, we've brought in a young British manager, Rob Edwards, just won the League Two title with Forest Green Rovers. You know, they play attractive football. We were told the the, the exact words in the statement from the hierarchy, from a, a Scott Duxbury, the CEO, were, we will back him come hell or high water. So, you know, they were prepared to back him. We thought, oh, well, hang on a minute, the first sort of role that he has is he going to be sacked? And they were like, you know, they give us some reassurances that things were going to change around Vicarage Road. Uh, you know, as we expected, the, the season started. We didn't perhaps bring in the players that we would have wanted to, or not necessarily the players, but the positions of the, 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 the players that we brought in weren't perhaps what we were expecting. Rob Edwards sort of, you know, great first win against Sheffield United. We, we sort of start, all right, we, we beat Sheffield and uh, Burnley sort of early doors. So that, that was good to tick those wins off. But 
you know, amongst that were were really lacklustre performances against Rotherham, Birmingham City. The performances weren't quite there. And we thought, okay, that's that's fine. It's Rob just getting his feet under the table. He's jumped up two divisions, let's not forget. So, you know, it's going to take time. And um, that dreaded first international break when we usually pull the trigger uh, comes around and there's murmurs that Rob might be sacked. We're thinking, no, no, that's not going to be the case. You know, we 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 said that we're going to back him come high or high water. And um, yeah, the, the news comes out that Rob Edwards gets sacked at the first sort of opportunity, if you like. And I mean, look, at the end of the day, the performances weren't anywhere near where we, we were perhaps expecting, um, whether that's down to Rob's tactical approach or his tactical capacity or whether it's just the fact that like I said you know he's jumped up two divisions so it might take him a little bit of time to get used to but he's got a better sort of pool of players around him at Watford so should that the way that he worked at Forest Green should that sort of implement into how Watford wanted to play and then you could tie that into the players that we brought in, were they right to fit Rob's system that he played at Forest Green? It, it, it's a domino effect. But, yeah, we uh, we, we get rid of him and um, we sort of back at square one. You know, a lot of people against the Pozzos at the moment who own the club. A lot of people saying Pozzo out, you know, not happy with the way that things are being run. And, you know, we, we get in someone who you, you sort of expect as a Watford manager. In fact, quite a few of my mates, when we brought Billich in, said that they were very surprised that he hadn't already been at Watford before. So, yeah, it's uh, like you said, it's never a dull day at Watford. But, yeah, it's, like I said, the performances under him weren't, weren't anywhere near what we perhaps were expecting. And they were quite dull. I think we saw maybe half a good performance at home to Sunderland and we even drew that. So, um, but, you know, we should have expected that. You, you need to give someone like that time. It's not going to work. You know, it's not going to change overnight. So, really disappointing with the owners from that perspective. But Savin Bilic, if you'd offered him us at the start of the season instead of Rob Edwards, and I'm sure many fans would have been like, yeah, great manager of this league. So, yeah, never a dull day. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's it's an interesting one because I remember, I remember actually when when um, Bilic was, was announced and actually... I actually had a similar thought to actually what what you said about it's an interesting one because it's one that I would have thought would have been at Watford already just got the kind of manager that 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 he is and kind of historically he's always been very up and down in his time at um uh, West Brom and that it was very high very low you know I think they ended up going up under him I think from memory yeah. and then sack him very soon after in the Premier League um I mean since since he's come in it was, I think it was one win in his first four, but then since it's been four wins in his last six, those the other two games in that run of six, though, have been quite bad losses, <laughs> mind against Millwall um, and Coventry. Um, the biggest thing as a fan you're looking for when you get a new manager, and I guess it was probably the frustrating thing about Rob Edwards is seeing a style coming through. Have you started to see that in the last six games? Um, since Billich coming, I think the very frustrating thing was Rob was very clear that, well, certainly the way that we tried to play was he wanted to dominate games. And I've not got a problem with that. You know, we're fortunate that we're one of the teams that are sort of tipped to go straight back up and we've kept a lot of talented players. So we are perhaps in a position where we can try and dominate games because of the players that we've got. But it was very, it, it was a, it was quite a lot like watching England, actually, I thought, in, in the sense of, We'd get the ball, we'd get so far, we'd think, uh, 
maybe maybe I'll try and get it over to the other side or maybe we'll pass it around a bit more and then try and walk it into the net, so to speak. And we'd find ourselves getting so far and maybe the avenue that the player wanted to take wasn't there. So we'd end up going back to, to Daniel Backman in goal and we're thinking we were literally on the edge of the box and now the next phase of play, it's back at the goalkeeper's feet. He's launching it long and the ball's back at square one again. So it was very frustrating, very slow. Like I say, you could say that you could see that possession-based football was was what Rob wanted. And again, you know, I don't want to completely slate Rob. I think Rob was dealt a duff hands with the the recruitment or the lack of recruitment. You know, the the players that we brought in didn't suit the style that he wanted to play. Um, you know, a, a wing back, for example, we we were screaming out for one because you know we we, we don't have someone that can play that role. We brought in Mario Gaspar. A lot of people were like. Uh, Watford have brought in the captain of Villarreal and he was there for 10 years. That's all well and good, but he's not someone that can play right wing back. You know, he's uh, we were playing Hassan Kamara out on the right and he's not a right back. He's not a right wing back. He's much more stable on the left hand side where it's his preferred. So, and, you know, it doesn't take a genius to look at Rob Edwards' side played wing backs. In fact, Kane Wilson, who was at Forest Green with Rob, uh, he was very, very efficient under Edwards uh, at Forest Green. He went, he went on a free to Bristol City, and they said, "I get that." I think it sort of boiled down to location. Obviously, Bristol much closer to to Forest Green than, than Watford, but still, you know, why we weren't saying to him, "Look, you've you've linked up with Rob before. Come and play with us. We know he he's someone that Rob trusts." So I think a lot of it will be down to the recruitment that we didn't perhaps play how Rob wanted, but. It was very boring. So when Billich come in, I think it, certainly for me, the, the, the main thing was getting the ball forward, being more, not direct in terms of long balls every sort of five minutes, but being direct in terms of getting to where we want. If we've got the ball on the halfway line, don't go back, go forwards, hit the flanks, try and work the balls in the channels, find the pockets of space. That's what's been evident for me. Uh, so, I think it's it's been much more positive attacking-wise, but there are still a, a lot of flaws with, with how we are at the moment. And the inconsistency is the frustrating thing at the moment for, for, for us Watford fans. I think inconsistency is quite possibly the most frustrating thing as any football fan. Um, <laughs> the, yeah. the, 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 the amount of times I think Reading fans have looked at teams in the past and just think, get some consistency for Christ's sake. It's just like, yeah, it's there's nothing more more frustrating than that. But something seemingly for, formation change since Billich has come in, yes. gone to almost a standard four-two-three-one, seemingly since Billich has come in. Um Keenan Davis as well, a key guy that you got obviously in the summer, came back into the fray a little little bit as well because he was kind of pushed out. Or Pedro kind of kept him out at the start of the season. Um, how's that? Is 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 that something that has been implemented straight away from from um, Billich? Yeah, absolutely. I think the the reason behind Davis's absence is when when we brought him in on loan, he he hadn't had a pre season. I don't think so. Match fitness wasn't anywhere near what we expected. We we saw him come on for, I think it must have been no longer than five minutes against Birmingham away. Uh, that was a game we were sort of expecting him to play, you know, on loan from Aston Villa. He'd be well up for that game. But like I say, come on for the last sort of no longer than five minutes. So 
And it's quite clear to see as well. Davis, I think, is is being superb in some games, but it's quite clear to see that match fitness is the reason that's been keeping him out because he does look absolutely knackered some of the games, and he's you know hardly hardly played as as, as much. But um, I think having someone like Zhao behind him, you know, having Zhao behind anyone really complements it so well because he's he's an incredible footballer, but. Davis has been likened, you know, some of his performances to, to Troy Deeney when we had him in the Championship. And, you know, we, we just needed someone like that in, in the squad. You know, it's all good having these flair players and, like, João Pedro and, you know, players that are really quick-footed and skillful. But sometimes you need that sort of bruiser in the team, don't you, just to sort of rough up a few defences. And that's what Davis does. The ball just sticks to him. I mean... Um, Coventry seemed to, to keep him quiet at the weekends and you know their game plan was very well implemented from them, so fair play. But uh, other than that, I think Davis has been superb and you know, once he is match fit, you know, he, he's gonna be a superb footballer. And you sort of look at him at how he was at Forest. He he didn't he chipped in with a few goals, but he wasn't exactly prolific. He was more about creating opportunities for other people. But I think he will do that at Watford, but to have players around him like he does, he will also chip in with a few more goals than he did uh, in his previous season. So, yeah, I, it's straight away we saw that under Slavon Bilic, uh, it, the, the way that he implemented that that formation. It was a lot simpler, a lot more back to basics, and we could be more more threatening that way. Yeah, you, you talk about Keenan Davis not being too prolific. Last time I actually faced Reading was against Forrest and we lost 4-0 to Forrest that day. Keenan Davis scoring within the first 20 seconds of that game as well. So Reading fans, I think, are quite... I, I certainly remember that game because unfortunately I was there. Um, yeah, just how much he bullied the defence on that on, on, on that occasion. Fingers crossed for Reading's sake, he probably doesn't do the same tomorrow. I'm sure you'll think the opposite. But um, but 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 yeah, it, it'll it'll be interesting to see kind of how how that works um, uh, tomorrow, um, and kind of on the players front, you've, we, we've touched on a few players. The summer was obviously key for for Watford, probably for keeping a few players because there was rumours going around left, right, and centre about Pedro going, um, Ishmael Assar going, and you were able to keep all of them in a game like tomorrow. It could like ga- games where you know quality will probably shine through against an opposition. I mean, who would probably be your ones to watch for for tomorrow? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Uh, well, I mean, you, you say that, but we, we've had, you know, those players you, you've just mentioned in, in many games this season. Some games, the quality has shone through and other games you sort of forget that they're there. You know, we, Ishmael Asar went, went missing against Millwall. They absolutely battered us. Those sort of games where you sort of come up against a team who are quite rough and ready and they're just direct and a real horrible team to face. They sort of sometimes can can go missing, but so do the whole team. So I don't want to single them out. But I think that the man for us really would be a toss-up between João Pedro, not to be too obvious, uh, and Keenan Davis. I mean, 
Jean Pedro, some of the games I've seen him this season, I mean, we were sort of wowed by him in that lockdown season when we, we were in the championship. And, um, you know, he, he really changed his style and he did a lot of work pre-season to, to suit the physicality of the championship. So to see him this time round, it's like he, he, he's on another level. Like, I, I think I, I think it was the Sheffield United or Middlesbrough game that we played. And he did everything but score. The, the, the ball just... Like it was always no one could get it off him. He was dribbling around players like they weren't there. He was making people left, right, and centre. He's obviously on a different planet when he's on his on his day. So him and Keenan Davis. I mean, Keenan Davis against Luton. I mean, that was an emphatic win for us and such a great day. But honestly, the ball stuck to him. Like anything that come up towards him, he, he would win. He would lay off someone. Um, he'd go on a run himself. He'd test the keeper. He'd, put someone through out wide. You know, we've got fantastic wide options. I mean, uh, Hassan Kamara is suspended for tomorrow, as is um, the, the someone else off the top of my head. But I think it's Kayembe. I'm not too sure. But um, we've got such fantastic options out wide that Davies, you know, to, to be able to hold it up and then play the ball out wide as well, we've got that option. So, yeah, definitely between Keenan Davies and João Pedro, that they, they, they can be frightening on their day. I think the other one that's suspended for tomorrow is Sirius. That's that's the one. That's I was yeah trying to pronounce the name. I'm like I'm gonna get this majestically wrong. Um, I didn't bother then. So (laughs) Um, yeah, it could be an interesting one with those two players. Are they going to be big misses for you? Because certainly with with Kamara so far, he's almost had a key part in that Watford team for you. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he was our player of the season last season. I mean. I still find it wrong that you know teams that are relegated get to vote for a player of the season. It doesn't quite feel right. <laughs> Reading fans are well used to that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, no, he's 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 been he's been brilliant. And like I say, since he's been able to play on the left hand side, he, it's just been it's like watching a different player. Rob had to use him on the right at times, but the, the, this is what I don't get. You know, Rob was dealt with a, a tough hand, like I said, and he had to play him on the right sometimes. But Slavon Bilic's first game, he come in. And he just went to a flat back four and uh, Mario Gaspar, I think, went right back or Craig Cathcart. I mean, at the moment, we've got Dan Gosling fitting it at right back and he's been he's been superb there, you know, considering he's not played right back till the very first knockings of his career back in 2006, I think it was, for Plymouth. So, considering that's the case, but Kamara will be a miss attacking-wise. I think in sort of... There, there are flaws to his game where he can be gotten at easy and he can be a bit rash with his decisions. Sierra Elta, you know, he was part of that fantastic defence that we had a couple of seasons ago in the Championship. Him and Trista Kong just had a different understanding with each other. I think, um, you know, a lot of people think, you know, all these nationalities in the side, how do they communicate? But Trusta Kong and Sierra Elta, one's Nigerian, one's Chilean, but they speak to each other in Italian. So, you know, the communication is 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 something that, that is key at the back and it's worked. Um, there have been reports today that Craig Cathcart and Samuel Kalou are back. If Cathcart is back, then 100% he should just be going in for uh, for Sierra Elta. Yes, Sierra Elta is an absolute mountain of a centre-back, but Craig Cathcart, veteran of the, the game, knows the championship like the back of his hand. He's been brilliant for us uh, in, in the 10 or so years that he's been with us. So I would have no qualms with him going straight back in, straight swap. 
What we don't want is Christian Cabaselli to come in because he's uh, he, he's a bit of a liability. Uh, I, I think me saying a bit, he's being quite generous to him, to be honest. I'll probably get a few comments of any Watford fans that watch his back. But um, yeah, so I would bring Craig Cathcart straight in for, uh, for Sierra Elsa. That's fair enough. Well, Reading, you know who to exploit. Paul Lintz, if you're listening, I know you will be because you always do listen to EPR. Um, Cabasali, if he plays, exploit him. <laughs> um, kind of just looking very quickly at Reading coming into this game. Reading come into this not on the best of form. We've spoken about it quite a few times on the EPR podcast. It's now one win in eight games. Um, now, Perfect. in a little I'll bit... I Watford then. We'll give you... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you will, it's, it's, it's always the way. Whenever we're playing a team on, on bad form, it's like, oh, never want to play them. It's just... It's always it's always the way when you're a football fan. You kind of dip into that that um, pessimistic kind of... I'm terrible for it. I know that. But, um, but, but yeah, Reading come into it off the back of one, one win in eight. Um, obviously lost 2-1 at home to Preston um, in the week as well. I don't believe we actually have any suspensions either, which should be at least nice for us not to have any suspensions anyway, because we've had a few of late with Yeardham and Saar and that being, not Saar, sorry, Loom being um, out out for us. But Watford haven't been the best at home this year. Reading haven't been I wouldn't, I'm pretty dreadful away from home this year. Um if you if you've got to pin your hat on kind of a a score prediction for for this game, Mike, what are you going with? I know certainly at the weekend we did our predictions on the podcast. All of us went for Reading losses. <laughs> well, Not to I mean, lump any I, pressure on. Well, I, I I disagree with you a little bit. I think we we feel much more. I know we just lost at home, but we feel much more confident when we're at home. I mean, we've picked up sixteen points from nine home games, so you know not not. A great return, but not a bad return. Certainly in the top ten of the, the home records in in the division. So, it, considering we're at home, uh, I, I do feel a lot more confident. And like I said here before we started recording, it, the inconsistency is what sort of bugs us. You know, we we had three wins on the bounce, beat Luton at home, picked up two massive away wins against Wigan and Cardiff. Yeah, they might be struggling, but we're terrible away. We have been for a number of years now. No one can seem to put their finger on us to why. So to pick up three wins on the bounce was massive for us. It got us right back up there. Uh, I, I know, I think we've made a two or one point outside the playoff now. I think we pressed them winning on Friday. That uh, that sort of bumped us back down to seventh. But Apologies uh, for that on, on behalf of all Reading fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so... I, it's going to be a close-knit game. I don't think it's going to be. Uh, it's not going to be a great spectacle to watch. Uh, I, I'm going to go with two-one to Watford. I, I, like I say, it, it's not going to be a, a, a great game. Uh, you know, I, I think the, the people who chose that one to be the main game on Sky might be getting a handy the P45s after the game. But um, yeah, I'm going to go two-one Watford. I just think that hopefully the Coventry game was just a blip. I mean. Like I said to you, their game plan was superbly executed. They they frustrated us. That uh, Guy Chorus, I, I can never pronounce his name, but the Mike Swedish player up top for them was unbelievable. And since they scored the goal, their goalkeeper just time wasted. And yeah, it was frustrating for us, but you, you, it's going to happen, isn't it? So fair play to them. But you know, we 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 were still attacking. We were still on the front foot, and it was just one of them games where it just wouldn't go in for us. So. 
I think, you know, we hopefully that was just a bleep and, and we can return to winning ways at home. And yeah, I'm going to go 2-1, sneak a 2-1. That, that that is now four predictions for a Watford a Watford win on 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 the EPR podcast. I might actually well I'm I'm a little bit more optimistic um than I was at the weekend. I did actually predict I think I predicted two it was I I either went for a two one or a two nil to Watford. I'm gonna change it to a one one just so we can at least have one person uh, having <laughs> having a reading draw in this. Is that the best we can expect from it? Maybe I don't know. Um <laughs> but it's 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 interesting. One thing you said obviously that Coventry did well and that Watford struggle against is direct football and kind of teams that get in your face. That's one thing that Reading has done all season. Um, I'll be the first person to stick my hand up and say that Reading are probably the worst team for time wasting in the Premier, <laughs> Premier League. Christ, I wish we were the Premier League. Um, in the Championship, like I've, yes, yeah, so some, if we go ahead, I mean, I think the Swansea, uh, no, it wasn't Swansea, it was Burnley away there was seven minutes of added time and that was all from about us having being ahead for about 10 minutes um yeah like Reading will time waste if we get ahead it's it's just the way it is we don't play pretty football it's very long ball it's very hustle and bustle and if Andy Carroll starts you probably know what you're going to get with Andy Carroll up front anyway um so it'll be interesting to see how that that matches up um against Watford hopefully Reading can come out with 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 some points because otherwise it's lumping a lot of pressure on our final game against Hull at the weekend. But Mike, thank you very much for for joining me today and obviously giving all the insight into Watford. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. Just give us a little little piece on your podcast. What what you guys do? Who you are? Yeah, no. Thank, firstly, thanks for for having me on. Like I said, hopefully it's not as bad as I've just sort of sold it to be the game, but. Um, I'll take any sort of win at the moment, to be honest. But... Sky keep picking Reading anyway for, for for TV games, and it's baffling <laughs> because we play the worst football in the championship. No, it just it doesn't make sense. We only get picked because we've been relegated from from the from the Premier League. That's the only reason they pick us. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, the last couple of Sky games have uh, been like completely mismatched. But uh, yeah, so we we uh, voices of the week. We we do pretty much what what you're doing now. We we'll do a, a live. So we try and do it after every game. Uh, it's tough, you know, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, whatever it may be. Uh, we 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 quite lucky that we're in with the club as well. So we've done a current player interview and we, we're hoping to, that that will continue to be the case going forward this season. Uh, Ex-player interviews in international breaks, match reaction. Uh, so, yeah, we, we're, we're on all social media like you guys, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Spotify, TikTok, you name it, we're on every social media um, and YouTube as well uh, at Voices of the Vic. So yeah, if, if there's any Watford fans on the off watching this and you don't follow us, then go go and give us a follow. Absolutely, um, Mike. Again, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you everyone for listening as well. Remember, if you have enjoyed the podcast, be sure to give us a rating, not just a rating, a five star rating. We don't accept anything else apart from five star ratings, of course. Um, but yeah, be sure to give us a rating. Um, follow us on all all of our channels to obviously keep updated with any podcasts that do go out. Um, we will, of course, be back probably Wednesday, Wednesday evening, doing obviously a review of the Watford game. Hopefully we're reviewing some sort of points. Um, and um, yeah, we will catch up with you, all of you guys then. Thanks very much for listening. <laughs>